Well, this is what's Kopi Kokain. You know, I'm really James Best. Listen, you know what you're doing? You're listening to TV Confidential. If you don't, I'll cuff you and stuff you. I'm not kidding. They heard the breeze in the trees singing weird melodies and they made that the start of the blues. Greg Airbar is with us as we have devoted the first part of our program this week to the career of Jerry Lewis. Joining us now is our friend Jeff Broderick, Jeff is a longtime listener of our program. Matter of fact, Jeff started listening to us back when we were still part of the talking television with Dave White shows. That's about 10, 10, 11, 12 years now. So we appreciate that very much. Jeff is also an acknowledged authority on the career of Jerry Lewis, who has worked as a consultant on a number of projects related to Jerry's film, and television career. Jeff also runs the website JerryLewisUnauthorized.com, JerryLewisUnauthorized.com. Jeff, it's been a while since we last had you on the program, and while the occasion is sad, this time we appreciate that you're spending a few minutes talking to us about Jerry Lewis. Thank you for the invitation, Ed. It, It will be a pleasure to talk with you about this. I've been a lifelong fan. Just answered my first question. What first fueled your interest in Jerry? When I was a small boy, I was at a camp, and we used to sneak up to the camp manager's house and watch the telethon because there were no televisions in the cabins. And uh, I remember that very vividly, and we'd go up there and we'd watch the telethon. And and then year after year, I grew into that and and actually went down to the local station and, and helped and watched and so that's kind of how I got started with it. And then when, this is going to give my age away kind of, but when the Internet exploded, I decided that we need a web page about Jerry Lewis. At that time, it was 95, fall of 95, I went to see him on Broadway and talked to his manager there at the theater and asked if it's possible we could do a web page or website on Jerry Lewis, and he said, I'll get back to you. I waited, I waited. Finally, I said, we got to do this, and that's when I created the unauthorized Jerry Lewis website. Which you can find at jerrylewisunauthorized.com, jerrylewisunauthorized.com, and Jeff's website, it's very organized, it's very thorough, it's got pages devoted to Lewis's radio career, television career, film career, obviously his work uh, with the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Matter of fact, uh, this is just a fluke of the calendar. Today is Labor Day Monday as we record this conversation. So, uh, Greg and Jeff, somehow I think it's appropriate that we spend a few minutes on Labor Day talking about Jerry because, I mean, and it, could you, you're worried about giving away your age, Jeff. I think it's safe to say that you, Greg, and I are all within the same demo. As, and as a matter of fact, I think you're very much in the target demo of our program. And for so many of us, Labor Day meant spending some of the time watching television and watching Jerry. Labor Day will always be synonymous with Jerry for anyone that's 40 years or older. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's for all boomers, and there's always a tradition, especially to see the tote board and to see who the stars were. I particularly, growing up, wanted to see the morning part where he aimed the show at children. Sometimes there'd be puppets. He he called the he had the Nut Club. Do you remember the Nut Club? He would do some clowning stuff, and because he did relate things to children, and he always called himself the nine-year-old. He also, I think, had the Croft group come in. Some of the Croft players through yeah. time. And and Kermit was a guest. Yeah, yeah. I remember, and this I guess this was particularly a Monday thing, but in later years, as he was gathering steam. And would hit, you know, the one million mark, two million mark, three million mark. I mean, oftentimes by Sunday night. My, one of my favorite moments was, and this was usually around the top of the hour, just before he threw it to the local stations who would do their own five minute, seven minute cut ins where we would have coverage of local efforts to raise money for MDA on Labor Day weekend. But my favorite moment, uh, Greg and Jeff, was when Jerry said, Tiffany! <laughs> and then Ed, Ed was standing right there with him, ready to show the new number. Yeah, Ed McMahon. Of course, one year, this is probably in the early 1970s, and, and I don't have the figures in front of me, but uh, Lewis raised billions upon billions upon billions of dollars throughout his 40-year career as the, as, as the face of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. But I remember one year, the tote board only went up to like nine million dollars it was a seven figure tote board so it could only go up to like nine million nine uh ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and one year uh in the 70s like with about five or six hours to go they hit the 10 million mark and of course you didn't have a digit and this this was pre-digital uh, tote board, so they, they did not have a did to indicate $10 million. So either Jerry or Ed McMahon, I believe, if I remember correctly, they took, they got a can of paint and a paintbrush, and they just slathered a one in front of it. Yeah, yeah. 1973. That was 1973? Yep, yeah, just over $12 million. Okay, well, Jeff Broderick covers pretty much every aspect of Jerry's film and television career on Jerry Lewis on authorized.com. So if anyone knows, Jeff Broderick knows Greg. Well, actually, it, it brought to mind a question um, that, that you would know, Jeff, and that's since we're talking the telethon, I would imagine a lot of people don't realize that the early days of the telethon, Dean Martin was involved with it. And what exactly is the history of it, and how far back does it go? They were originally helping Bob Hope with some of the heart hospital telethon really early on in the, in, the, in the early 50s, but it really started in 59 with a 19-hour Institute of Muscle Disease, is what it called then, New York, New York, just about half a million dollars raised. So that was even after um, Dino, but it's kind of scanty before that, what actually happened. There are a few rogue videos, clips of them on the telethon, but it's hard to say because it's all localized. But it was in New York, anyway. The first real Martin and Lewis scene and a half hour telethon was in 1952. The pledge was for the Heart Hospital in New York. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised third edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files, 
on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.